Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Current events, local, world news, and trending. March 17th, Wednesday at 9 p.m. Thank you for joining me. also known today as St. Patrick's Day. Now, last night I came out here at 9 p.m. and about half hour into my show, started to have internet connection problems. And, you know, internet isn't cheap and supposed to have the really good internet service. And I shouldn't have any interruptions in my show. So hopefully tonight that doesn't happen. So now, being St. Patrick's Day, you know, about a week ago, we had a community outbreak caused by university students partying here in the city of London. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Doug. Hope everything is going well for you. I hope you're having a good week. Now today, marking the the St. Patrick's Day. um, Last week, like I was saying, we had a community outbreak of COVID-19 caused by university students here in the city of London where I reside. 22 cases. Now, almost a week later, that jumped from 22 students to 45 students who are now in quarantine with COVID-19. Now today, marking St. Patty's Day, how is this gonna play out? Are the university students gonna behave themselves? Is anybody going to behave themselves and not gather in large groups, not have parties and invite COVID into your homes? I guess we'll have to wait to see after today what comes out of this. Now, it's not the first time This has happened with the university students here in the city during this pandemic. Now, these were off-campus parties held at sororities. And 
whether you live on campus or not, you still have a code of conduct to follow. The university has a code of conduct to follow, whether it's a pandemic or not. And that you be responsible when you're out in public. Now, obviously there was no big parties that I heard of. Now the years gone past, the university students and everybody, they could go to the bars when you can, you know, fill the bars to capacity and stuff like that. There's this uh, street here in the city of London called Brockdale Avenue. It's the infamous street where thousands and thousands of students would pack that street to party. Now, it didn't happen this year, this St. Paddy's Day. And the, um, the police and the health officials already said that they would be patrolling that area to make sure that there isn't any nonsense going on or any house parties going on. Now, I've lived in the city my entire life. And year in and year out, we put up with the students, whether it's Fanshawe College or the University of Western Ontario. It's not all students, just make myself clear. It's not all students. But there are those that just don't care. Now, I think it was around 2012, the city of London here made world news. And it was just chaos, absolute chaos. I mean, it got so bad at this block party that they were burning furniture in the streets. They even tipped over a, a TV news van, smashed windows on police cruisers. It was absolutely ridiculous. So now being that, you know, we're having this pandemic, um, I was listening to the news on the way home from work and it, it, uh, they're talking, it was, it has been, you know, pretty quiet. Um, you know, the bars, uh, downtown here in the city of London, um, they're only allowed a capacity of people of 50 people at a time. And, um, and I, and I also, um, heard that they were, um, they had time limits to be in and out of the bar so other people could go in and enjoy a, a refreshment for St. Patty's Day. Now, other students um, who um, reside here in the city of London, 
they were talking about, you know, after this community outbreak, that they were simply, they were simply just going to keep to themselves. And um, they were just going to stay in. They weren't going to go anywhere. And uh, just stay away from people. You know, here in the city of London, um, we're, in, we're in what you call um, the red restrict on the Ontario Act, on, uh, on the Ontario Reopening Act, meaning that, yes, bars and restaurants are open now. Movie theaters are open now, but only to a certain capacity. And with this community outbreak, it doesn't help matters. We're like every community in around Ontario, across Canada, North America, anywhere around the world, we're trying to get out of this mess. Now, they decided that, like I said, they were just going to stay in, watch a movie or whatever, get some beers, drink it at home. You know, so this uh, first year student, um, he lives in residence at, at the Western University here in the city. And he's, he says he's not too worried his neighbors will throw any parties. You know, thanks to school officials keeping a tight lid on activity inside. Now that's on the campus grounds. So how do they can control it off campus? When you have all these sororities around the city. And this is where this community outbreak came from. Now they already had an outbreak of students living on campus before this community outbreak. Now, university students talk amongst one another. And this one student says he doesn't know of anyone with plans for celebrating. Says it's been a really busy week for him and his friends and a lot of midterms coming up. So I really don't think it's a big priority. So that's good, you know, student there, they're talking about their exams coming up, they're gonna crack down. Now, think about it for a second, if there was no pandemic going on, this city would just be chaotic. Just absolutely crazy. I think he would probably have a change of heart 
but throw the mix of the pandemic into it. You know, he said he's got some other plans. And another first year student is less hopeful and expects to see a busy St. Patrick's Day in London. So far, I haven't really heard anything if there, if there is. You know, probably nothing's going to go into print until tomorrow anyways. And he says he lives off campus and in his area is more like a student neighborhood. There's usually parties most nights. But not right now, there isn't. And he was worried that it's probably going to get worse on St. Patrick's Day. And in a few weeks after we're going to start noticing the numbers go up. Well, the numbers are going up right now. And they've already even mentioned that we are in a third wave of this pandemic. Now, this is a little message from from the police, if anybody is hoping or had planned to attend a St. Patrick's Day gathering, we're asking them to please reconsider and it's for the health and safety of our community as well as our first responders. And if you don't wanna go back into a lockdown again, because we're, we've already come out of this, this um, lockdown now for, oh, it's going on four weeks. But not all of Ontario is out of lockdown. With Toronto, Mississauga in the Peel region, they're still in lockdown. Niagara region is still in lockdown. Sarnia, Ontario, close to Port Huron, Michigan, well, right next to Port Huron, Michigan, is in lockdown. Other places, if you like, you can look up the Ontario um, reopening act and it'll show you um, what we're doing here um, with the color codes from green yellow orange red and gray and uh, it'll give you an idea um, of how you know we're trying to stay open here and uh, you know i was listening to the radio this morning too on the way to work and the one radio station um, called uh, Dublin, Ireland to see what's going on over there for St. Paddy's Day. They are in an entire lockdown over in Dublin. So it's not just us here, you know, and um, what's going on in the United States? Well, for one state, Texas, said you don't have to wear a mask anymore. The state is wide open. And you wonder why, you know, the United States has, what, close to 28 million people infected with, the, with COVID-19? What are they pushing about 550,000 people have died? 
and you wonder why. And then they wonder why that our border between the United States and Canada remains closed. And it'll probably remain closed for the rest of the year. Canada has no desire to open the border between Canada, the land border between Canada and the United States. Now they're even talking here about looking at a strict three week lockdown needed to stop the explosive COVID-19 variant growth here in Ontario, Canada. Now, not for the entire province, but a three-week lockdown in certain regions of the, pro of the province is necessary to blunt the explosive growth, the growth of the variants of concern. Now, the city of Toronto, Mississauga, and the Peel region, they've been in gray lockdown probably going on four months now. And so when the cases are spiking here, most of the cases are coming from the Mississauga Peel and Toronto areas. And they're still in the gray lockdown. Other regions around them are, are either in the red um, restrict or the orange control. And when you have that just outside of those regions, well, people in those gray lockdowns, they will go to those other regions. They'll go to a restaurant someplace else because in the city of Toronto, there is no restaurants open. And other communities around the Peel region in Mississauga and Toronto are asking them not to do that. But you can't control it. I mean, just the city of Toronto alone has 2.2 million people. You know, how are you going to control them from control them going anywhere? It's not going to happen. Now, so far here in Ontario, just today, we recorded another 1,500 cases. Back a couple of weeks ago, it seemed to be, the slope seemed to be going down. You know, we actually got under 1,000, and now we're back up to 1,500 cases reported by today. And it's the highest single day total since early February. Owing in the large part of the variants of concern, which account for more than half of the new cases. So 750 cases 
of the variants. Now we've been told by the by the doctors and the and the healthcare professionals that these variants spread a lot quicker and potentially could be more deadlier. Canada is in a race for time. We're a race against time right now of getting the needles into the arms of Canadians. Starting this week and probably be by the middle of next week, we will see a million doses coming in once every week. And now with, um, you know, a lot of the retirement homes, the nursing homes, all staff of those facilities, um, people um, working in the hospitals and stuff like that, they've, they've basically, you know, have received their first shot already. And um, they would be scheduled, you know, the 21 to 30 days for their second shot. So moving forward with the vaccines, anybody who are getting a shot now, their second shot, they'll have to wait four months, four months, 16 weeks for their second shot. They want to get as many needles in the arms as they possibly can. And yes, we are a race against time. We've had our setbacks with the vaccines because Pfizer needed to update a, a facility in Europe. So that really hampered our cause here in Canada. So now with things moving forward, there's going to be a lot more people getting their first shots. Now, just being today being 1500 new cases and the seven day average from early March was about a thousand new cases per day. And if you look now, it's about 1300 new cases per day in the province an infection disease specialist said. That's a real trend and it's going up when we've seen it go down, it's just starting to look like a heart chart. When you hooked up to the heart monitor, it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. Now the golden horseshoe, um, it could cut, it could uh, cut down the length of the closures for months to weeks, given the province enough time to vaccinate a significant portion of the population. That's what we want to see. And that's why they decided that 
anybody now going to be receiving their first shot is going to have to wait 16 weeks for their second shot. I hope I know what they're, I, I hope they know what they're doing because we know the trials weren't done that way. So hopefully they get it right because we don't want to go back into lockdown. And this is why we got to get this clear message out, not just to everybody, but the young population too, because you're not immune to this. Nobody is immune to this. From 22 students being infected with COVID-19 and in one week jumping to 45. Western University students, you know, they, they're, in, they're in the age range of 19 to 25. So if you think you're in that age range and, and you think you're not acceptable to getting COVID-19, you better think twice. Now they go on to say here, vaccines versus the variants while here in Ontario's racing to vaccinate as many people as its supply will allow members of the provincial vaccine tax force admit the variants will ultimately win the battle. And that probably will be true because we're behind on vaccinating the citizens of Canada. If we're seeing 1500 cases on a daily basis and half of them are the variants, we have a problem. Now, So after, after all the um, nursing homes and retirement homes and, and staff and healthcare professionals moving into the community to vaccinate, they started with uh, the age group 80 and older. And then they will work you know, from the age 75 to 80, 70 to 75, and so on and so forth. Now, I hope they, they have this set up properly. And we have so many um, large properties, um, like our fairgrounds here in the city. The progress building is, is, is massive. They're using uh, a building across the road from there. It's actually quite large too. 
But if we want to ramp this up, then we start, we need to start using the facilities that we have here in the city of London. And we need to start using our pharmacies. The places to go get vaccinated. I don't know, maybe you remember this or not, but back when I was a kid, we had to get vaccinated. I can't remember what it was for, but it was the shot in the arm that left that mark. It's like a, kind of like a star. Now, when they, when they did that, they did it in school gymnasiums. Every single school. They vaccinated this country pretty fast. So I don't understand what the holdup is now. Yes, we have to protect our most vulnerable people first. And they're going to start with the highest age and work way and then work their way down. but they have to make it, it accessible. Now, a lot of people had a phone in because they don't have computers or laptops or cell phones. I mean, 90 years old. I mean, if you're 90 years old, would, I mean, would you know how to use a laptop? You know, would you know how to go online on a cell phone? So their line, so their landlines were just out of out of out of control, and of course, you know their children will be helping them out, get them set up on online, and that got overloaded. So not only are we behind on getting vaccinated. They need to come up with a better system. We have one of the best hockey facilities here in the city of London for the Ontario Hockey League. And they could start using that to vaccinate people. We have conference buildings conference centers that they can start using. When the weather gets nicer, they can start using these yard, these large um, lots to get vaccinated. And when I go out and about in my neighborhood and I drive down my street, people have signs on their lawn saying no more lockdowns. You 
well, we're slowly coming out of one second time. Entering this third wave. It could potentially trigger another lockdown for the province. There is a, a medical officer the other day stating that we need a harsher lockdown than from the other ones in order to scave off a third wave. Then we're coming into spring this weekend. And that's around the 20th of this month, 20 and 21st. It'll be springtime. Now, last year at this time, we are in a full-blown lockdown. And that went almost right to the end of May. And then things got better. And then fall came and things got worse. Winter came right back into lockdown again. Now, they're saying, well, the province here in Ontario is, is vaccinating nearly 60,000 people per day. Noted that several high-risk communities and people age 60 and older still face a severe risk of the new variants and including a longer stay in intensive care. We're not even at the age of 60 for vaccinations. And this is why we need to ramp it up. It's imperative that we ramp this up. And we're only starting to vaccinate those over the age of 80. And they go on to say it could take six to eight weeks for the province to vaccinate its way out of the current lockdown cycle if it's able to target 2.52 million people who are elderly and live in communities and at the highest risk of transmission. Six to eight weeks for the province to vaccinate its way out of the current lockdown. And case counts are going up. We have a real dilemma here. And at the current rate of the daily vaccinations, Ontario should be able to complete 2.1 million first doses by April. And she says 
it doesn't give the province enough time for the effectiveness to take hold. It would take roughly two weeks until the effectiveness just kicks in. Even if we're extremely fast to gamble on that, it would be extremely unwise. Well, are we going to be in this pandemic coming September? Are we going to be in this pandemic next January? You know, the Spanish flu pandemic went from 1918 to 1920. But they didn't have vaccines. 50 million people died around the world. And somehow here in Canada, we find ourselves behind the eight ball. The United States are way ahead of us. Europe is away ahead of us. Other countries are way ahead of us. So I hope that these medical officers, these top doctors, I hope they know what they're doing. I hope they know that, you know, you are spreading this out 16 weeks apart after each shot. I hope you know what you're doing. Because there's going to come a time that we are just going to resist and push back on lockdowns. There's already places doing that already, and that's in Sarnia, Ontario. Not far from here, an hour from here. Def defying the lockdowns. And we've seen it from time and time again. So this, be this better work, this better work, the more needles you get in the arms, as fast as you can, we shouldn't have to go back into lockdowns. And those are who are, are in the gray lockdowns, hopefully, we can start moving them out of that. Because this has just been nothing but a, a, a financial strain on a whole lot of people. Not just the business owners, but the employees.
And the ones that are open, they're not back to full staff. They're not back to full hours. It's a good thing that the EI is has been extended. And they're probably going to have to extend it again. And again. Until we can get out of this mess. And like I've and like I say on my show, we all need to do this together. We all need to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Yes, we all have COVID fatigue. We all have it. We've all grown tired of it. It's still here. And it's going to be here in the spring. It's going to be here in the summer. It's going to be here in the fall. Maybe not so much of it because people will be, will be getting vaccinated. But it's going to take some time for it to disappear and it's going to be a long haul for a lot of people to get back to where we once were before. Mentally, physically, financially. So we all need to pull together. We all need to pull together. We all need to do this. You know, I get tired of reading articles or watching the news and people blatantly going into stores without a mask on and saying this is against my flipping rights. Well, I got some bad news for you. It's not against your rights. If you don't want to follow the rules, then order online and curbside pickup. If you don't want to follow the rules, get someone to go get your stuff for you. Stop pissing everybody off. Because everybody right now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm pretty sure, and I'm one of them, I got a short fuse and I'm not going to tolerate that shit. So we all need just to smarten up is what those people need to do. You know what you can do with your rights. If you think it's against your rights. So thank you for joining me this evening here on the truckers podcast where everyone is welcome and where we always social distance.
This is the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining me this Wednesday, March the 17th. Have yourself a great evening and a safe week. Take care, everybody, and good night.